Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thank you for joining me today at the Busy Mom Podcast. It is Monday, May 2nd. Woot, woot. We are full on out of winter now and coming up onto summertime, which is one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, I am out here in New York, actually, and headed to JCHE, Johnston County Home Educators, uh, this coming weekend. So Saturday, the 7th of May, that's where I will be. And I am looking forward to seeing a bunch of you out there. Um, I had a woman ask me the other day if I was going to be in uh, North Carolina, and I am. So please come on out. Um, Johnston, Johnston County Home Educators has an annual homeschool conference, and this year I am able to keynote it. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if you've got any questions about that, we will link back to the JCHE Homeschool Conference at the show notes today, but I hope you'll come on out. That is a one-day event. So coming up this Saturday, May 7th. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. Hey, thank you so much for the feedback that you've been sending to us at podcast at The Busy Mom. Um, we love to get your feedback there. Love that you're sharing it. I wanted to uh, say thank you too to all of you who have been leaving reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. And if you haven't done that yet, um, I would really love it if you would take a minute and just head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Those reviews uh, will bump up the podcast so that more busy moms can see it and hopefully get encouragement from the word of God. Uh, in case you haven't uh seen my heart yet, I really am passionate about equipping this generation of believers to address what's happening in the culture based on the Word of God. And that is the premise behind all of the events that I do. And that includes Fearless. So the women's conference that I uh, bring to several places around the country is coming to Indianapolis, woot, woot, and registration opened yesterday. That event is already filling up. So if you are interested, please visit my website. I will link back to it in the show notes today. Or you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash fearless and register there. I wanted to remind you that these conferences tend to fill up fast. We don't book venues that have uh, a ton of seats in them. So we're looking at about 200 to 250 for this event. So I can guarantee you that one's going to sell out. So now's the time. Snag a ticket at the early bird rate, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. We're also going to be in Tampa, November 4th through 5th. So save your date, uh, Indianapolis, October 14 and 15, and Tampa, November 4th and 5th. All right, you guys, I really wanted to continue kind of what we've been talking about for the last uh, week here at the podcast. And that's this idea of uh, using wisdom to engage the culture. And I think we need wisdom as believers. We certainly need wisdom to navigate what's happening around us. Uh, we need wisdom in this election. Oh my goodness. Uh, we we are called, the Bible says, to be um, 
gentle as uh, doves and wise as serpents. And what that looks like in many ways in the culture now is simply to just sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy. And I see it over and over in uh, in churches, and I'm seeing it on Facebook, especially among uh, younger people and even older people who don't have a good grasp of the Word of God. And so last Friday, I I ended that podcast by talking about what the key traits are of a person who is discerning, a person who is able to see through lies, even if they're lies with a good intention. Like that's certainly what's happening right now, right? With the transgender movement. And I just, uh, I watched a young person uh, talking about this on his Facebook page. And he was, you know, he's upset with, you know, basically at Christians because he feels like this is taking uh, away from the gospel, this idea that we are supposed to um, be a loving of everybody, and this goes against the gospel. And I, I just, I encouraged him by just saying, "Listen, uh, we are not called to sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy, and sacrificing the safety of our wives and daughter on the altar of the quote gospel reminds me a lot of the missionaries who left their kids at boarding schools in order to go preach the gospel. It's the same idea because we're sacrificing." Um, we're sacrificing one on the altar of the other. And it's a lie that the two cannot coexist. Grace, grace and truth need to coexist. Now, I uh, I got a book recently uh, by uh, one of my heroes of the faith. His name's Randy Alcorn. And he wrote a book, and I will link back to it in the show notes today, called The Grace and Truth Paradox, How to Respond with Christian balance. And boy, is this a timely uh, article. John 1.14 boils down for us what it means to be Christ-like. It means to be full of only two things, grace and truth. And instead of a dozen things to juggle, the Apostle Paul is giving us just two balls to juggle. It's a succinct two-point checklist of Christ-likeness, and everything that we do can and should be measured by the test of grace and truth. So Christ-likeness, Randy says, means living by grace and truth, extending both to others. And instead of the world's apathy and tolerance, we offer grace. Instead of the world's relativism and deception, we offer truth. And when we minimize grace, the world sees no hope for salvation. If we minimize truth, the world sees no need for it. Let me just say that again. It's so important. If we minimize grace, the world will see no hope for salvation. If we minimize truth, they don't see a need for it. And so in order to show the world Jesus, we've got to offer um, full, unabridged truth and grace and magnify both, never downsizing or apologizing for the other. And that's what I think... um, is the crux of the issue that many Christians are facing in the culture today because we want to be loving, right? We want to be uh, Christ-like and we want to be loving. And Jesus died, right, for uh, for me. He died for my sin. He died for your sin. He died, why? Because of love. He died because he wanted us to not be separated from him for eternity, which is what the Bible says is exactly what's going to happen for those of us, uh, for those who don't know Jesus and don't accept him as uh, their Lord and Savior. And that's the truth. And I'll be honest with you. I think some people err more, they tend to just by their personality, they err more on the side of grace. I have several friends like that. Um, they're more, they're, they tend to be very, very grace-filled, but then they have a really hard time saying the hard thing when it needs to be said a really hard time going, well, actually, that's not right. 
And I tend to err on this side. You guys probably know this about me. Ding, ding. I tend to err on the side of truth. And I really have to come before the throne of grace and say, Lord, help me to um, to explain and to proclaim your truth in a way that also magnifies how loving you are and how um, and how much you love uh, your people. Because God does. He loves people and we can really do no less. If God uh, loves us, if he loved us in our sin while we were still shaking our fist at him, then, then surely we can do no, uh, no less than to love the people that God sent his son to die for. And I want to encourage you today. Some of you are listening, and I know because I'm hearing about this and I'm, I'm reading your emails and your Facebook posts, but I really want to encourage you. Um, not only is it necessary to use grace and truth when talking to another person. It's absolutely 100% possible. Why? Because God has given you everything that you need. The Bible says that you've been given everything that you need to testify to the truth about Christ and live it out in his grace. Randy said that truth was the food that the apostles ate and the message that they spoke and grace was the air they breathed and the life they lived. The world around them had never seen anything like it and it still hasn't. It still hasn't. Why? Because Jesus was full of those two things, grace and truth. In John 1 verse 1, we read, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And skip down Uh, to 14, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Randy Alcorn points out that he said is not full of patience, wisdom, beauty, compassion, and creativity. In the list, there there are no commas and only one conjunction, the word and, grace and truth. Scripture distills Christ's attributes into a two point checklist. Of Christ likeness. The baby born in Bethlehem was the creator of the universe. He pitched his tent on the humble camping ground of our little planet. God's glory no longer dwelt in a temple of wood and stone, but in Christ, he was the holy of holies. And people only had to look to Jesus to see what God was like. People today should only have to look at us to see what Jesus is like. And for better or worse, they're going to draw conclusions about Christ from what they see in us. If we fail the grace test, we fail to be Christ-like. And if we fail the truth test, we fail to be Christ-like. If we passed both of those tests, then we are like Jesus, full of grace and truth. So Randy asks the question, what does the hungry world around us see when it looks at us? Does it see a picture of Jesus? Does it see grace and truth? Or does it see a, a terrified, angry generation of Christians who is losing its moral footing? I think in many ways in the culture, we have sacrificed truth on the altar of mercy. And you've heard me say this over and over again, because I think that a discerning spirit stands on the word of God. But here comes the second part of that. The second part is that we are motivated by love. Our motivation has got to be love. And in uh, in following God and being motivated by love, 
we learn to take every thought captive. Now, for me, and I, I told you a minute ago, you know, my my struggle really is because I am a truth teller. I have from from since the time I was very young, had a very strong sense of right and wrong. And so when I'm wrong, I'm really wrong. But I tend to see things in in uh, shades of black and white. I don't see a lot of gray. And um, my filter that I use is the Word of God. It is the Bible, and sometimes I do it wrong. But I'll tell you what: the the bigger struggle in my spirit is to come across as a grace filled woman, and I want to come across that way. Why? Because I want people when they hear my voice to hear that Jesus loves them. I want them when they come to a fearless conference or to an event where I'm speaking. I want them to feel the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit, but also the grace that is found in following Jesus every step of the way. And so when, uh, whenever I speak to people, I always have to come before the Lord and say, Father, fill me with your spirit, because these people don't need to hear, they don't need to hear my spirit, right? They need to hear the spirit of Christ. And that's where the, uh, the paradox comes in. So a paradox as defined by Webster is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when it's investigated or explained might prove to be well-founded or true. And that's why we say that grace and truth is a paradox, that Jesus was a paradox of achieving balance. He achieved grace and truth, and there's no reason that God's people today cannot do the same. The world needs to hear that Jesus loves them, but they also need to hear that God has designed them in such a way that as we live by the parameters of the word of God, we flourish. The Bible says in Psalm 1 that the person who walks with the Lord will be like a tree that's firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does prospers. In short, the person that follows and obeys the Lord is going to live a prosperous life. We can tell the culture grace and truth. It's a paradox of truth. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.